Welcome to episode 101 of the Study On podcast, Journey to Your Calling, with me, Angie Bauman, and my guest today, Janice Liggins. Before I pressed record on today's interview, Janice shared with me about an experience she had touring a prison. At one point during the tour, she asked the guide if she was allowed to sit in an empty cell. The guide agreed, and then she asked if he would close the doors of the cell. The guide was surprised, but again agreed. And Janice said, when I heard the click of the door and I was locked in that cell, I knew God was calling me to work in prison prevention. But, and this is a big but, my friend, that epiphany happened to Janice after two years of hearing the voice of God call her away from where she was and into something new. Two years of feeling a stirring that she couldn't explain. Two years of offering prayers and hearing answers she didn't understand. But she remained in that place of peaceful confusion because she knew God was working on her heart and preparing her for a new calling. Calling is a journey. It grows, it changes, it unfolds over time. And in my experience, listening and being still before God takes a certain humility which is why I chose this verse that Janice mentioned in the interview, James 4.10, which says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. A calling may not lead us to activities that our culture honors, but, and this is another big but, a calling of God to which we respond will always lead us to activities that God honors. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is Janice Liggins. Janice, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Angie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so, Janice and I have been talking just for a little while before we pressed record, and you guys, you are in for a treat. I just love Janice's heart already. Janice is a speaker, an author, a civic leader, a ministry leader, a TV host, and her book is Journey to Your Calling the path to receive the desires of your heart. And Janice, I just want to start off the top by saying that you, I know you write about the process of receiving our calling being a journey that you believe that that is a process that as a journey. And so I just wondering what has made you believe that discovering a deep purpose for our lives is something that unfolds over time rather than being like a one and done. Cause I think a lot of times we're looking for what is my one thing that is my purpose. And when I find it, I'll be happy and content, but I hear you saying, and I wholeheartedly believe that that's true, that it's really an unfolding. It's really an experience. Would you talk to us just a little bit about how you've come to believe that's true? Well, as we grow and, and the Lord, and as we mature in life, God will have us go through different experiences so that we, to train us, to teach us certain things. We're not ready. We start off as babes in Christ, right? And so as babes in Christ, we're not, you wouldn't give a baby the keys to the car because he's not ready. God's got to train us up. And, and he knows exactly what we need to learn in order to do what it is he has put us on this planet to do. So he will mature us through having us go through various experiences. If we go through, we usually we should grow through what we go through. Mm. So every time, never ask the Lord to deliver you from anything. Because if he delivers you, then you won't learn anything. If you grow through it, though, 
go, grow through what you go through, then you'll become stronger. So I believe it is a journey because you have to start maturing. The, the, the maturation process never ends either. It continues to go on. And so I, God uses different situations to train us up spiritually, to train us up spiritually in understanding him and how he works. I love that you, we should grow through what we go through. And I think that so it's so tempting when we're dealing with something difficult. I know I've done this before. I'm facing something difficult. I'm facing this unexpected change that has come in and turned my life upside down for whatever, mm. you know, for whatever reason. And my, what I want, my instinct is I just want my life back. I just want it to go back to the way it was. Right. And mm. I, several times, uh, in my life, and I have learned, I, ha I have grown, as you're saying, mm. I have learned to sit in that feeling and trust that the Lord is still at work and he is unfolding something. He is growing me. It is, it is good. It is actually best for me to not go back, yes. but to stay where, where I am so that yes. I can go forward. But instinctually, I think we just want, I don't want this lesson, yes. right? I don't want this trial. I don't want this, whatever the case may be. I wonder, is, is there something that comes to mind for you, a place that you would have rather just skipped over it, but you were able to see that you can see now how good that uncomfortable place was for you in your calling. Does anything like that come to mind for you? Well, I actually, one of the most difficult uh, places of my experience was when I had a business with six employees mm -hmm. and um, the business was going great. And I was ready to shift, take the company to the next level. Uh, and we were doing government contracting, helping other companies do government contracting. And right when I thought, okay, now it's our turn. We're going to do the government contracting. That's when doors started slamming shut. Every, every, every avenue I had attempted was slamming shut. I mean, hard. <laughs> like, like there was a, no hard no, a hard no, a hard pass, right? No, it was really hard. Um, but at the same time, I was involved in another organization, a leadership organization, and I, I know God was in that. Mm. And so I had to pray my way through uh, this period. Uh, it was a whole year, 2010, that was really difficult. Even in the book, I talk about it, and I call it the time of my 10 alligator trials. And that's because I felt like Peter walking on the water, and Peter did good walking on the water as long as he's kept both eyes on Jesus. But the minute he looked at his circumstances, he sank. And I didn't want to sink. I didn't want to be like Peter. And so I, I went through the 21-day fast, the Daniel fast. I did it four times in that one year just to make sure that I stayed focused just on the Lord. But what happens is when we go through trials and, and tribulations, which is why the, the process of coming into your calling is not instantaneous. When we go through the various trials, if we wanna to go to get strong and build strong muscles, a lot of people will lift weights. They go to the gym or even if they're home gym, they'll lift weights and the heavier the weight, the more effort you have to apply in order to use that weight. But then you know the more strength you'll get in that muscle. Well, God uses trials as spiritual barbells to strengthen our spirit man and so we the journey is not 
instantaneous because you got to go through some stuff. It is called a journey. I think calling is something that you do and then do and then do, because I liked one of the things that you said before we pressed record was about how, how sometimes, even though my calling is different now, it doesn't negate the calling that I answered some years ago. Right. Uh, Because as we grow, our calling does change and the way that he can use us to serve other people can change. And my calling is in ministry, but I would argue that everyone's calling is in ministry. It may just not look exactly right. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter if your job is secular. When you were working in government contracts, you had the opportunity to minister to people, um, even though now you've written a book about God. And so you minister to people in different ways. But I just say that as encouragement, because I have felt like sometimes I can be a very sort of like black and white person in terms of it's all good or it's all bad or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. all right. It's all wrong. Um, and, uh, and nothing could be farther from the truth. So, you know, sometimes when I feel like God shifts me a little bit, then, well, I must've heard it wrong before. Well, no, because there were lessons and things to learn in the place before that now are serving me and serving him and serving others well in the place that I am now. So I really appreciate that encouragement. It, It offers a lot of grace and it offers the, the, um, patience is the word that comes to mind, even though that's a hard one for us, but I think we can have grace with ourselves and be patient with the journey. Yes, because and patience is a virtue. And I actually, when I was a teenager, I used to tell my mom, I said, you know, I want to pray and ask God for patience. And she says, don't ever ask God for patience. You don't have to go through this and go through that. But then I kept thinking of the scripture that says, in your patience, possess ye your soul. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I want patience because I want to make sure my soul is okay with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yes, because we're doing something and God asks us to do something today, seven years from now, we may have learned all he needs us to learn doing that particular thing. Mm-hmm. And now he can promote us to the next level of spiritual maturity and we can do something else. We can take on something else. I think that's what happened with my company as yeah. it was, as all those doors were closing, God had me start the company. Yeah. And I think he wanted me to shift from that to this whole new world of prisons and mass incarceration and um, helping students with literacy. And he had had me in this spiritual state of perception for two years leading up to that. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't understand everything that was happening while it was happening, but I trusted him yes. enough that I just, I just kept praying and yeah. asking at the beginning of every trial, we should ask God, what is it that you want me to see? What is it you want me to know? And what is it you want me to do hmm. at the beginning of every trial? Just let go and let God, Lord, what is it you want me to see, know, and do? And and then release the idea that he's going to answer that and show you instantaneously. Right. Like we were just saying before, because that that's a process too. He, he, yeah, because we, as you said before, we're not ready to receive some of those things right away. And so I think that's a, that there's a commitment to it, uh, that, that invites us to keep asking that question. Mm -hmm. Yes. And because if you, you know, if we we don't know, all of us have had experiences where we go through something over and over and over. And we say, why does this keep happening to me? 
Well, it it happened because you didn't learn what God wanted you to learn the last time, right? And if we don't learn what God wants us to learn, it's going to repeat. We're going to go back through the same scenario. So I would rather go through, I mean, we're going to go through trials as long as we're breathing on this land, on this planet. But as long as I'm going through a different trial, I just don't want to repeat the same thing over and over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody has time for that. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about the connection between obedience and trust. You mentioned trust right there, right? How do you feel like trusting God affects the way that we understand our calling? How does trusting God and this journey go together? Well, obedience is the number one thing. God requires. The number one thing of all things is obey. So much so in the book, I say, I just say obey today. Because obedience, today is the only day obedience will work. Oh, I like that. Today is the only day obedience will work. Tell us why you feel that way. Because if you, if God says today to do something and you put it off till next week, that's not obeying. If he says today, okay, do it next week, then that's fine. But if he wants you to do something, he, God's a now God. Mm-hmm. He wants you to do it when he, obedience. When your parents tell you to do something, you don't get to ignore them and say, okay, you know, I'll think about it. Or, or when it's convenient. That's not how we do it. And so in addition to that, obedience actually births trust. We don't really trust God when we're new Christians. We don't really trust God. We, we know he's the big guy in the sky, right? But do you, you know, we say we trust him because he's God. But do we really trust him? You obey, you, you obey, you trust God only as much as you obey him. Mm-hmm. You love God only as much as you obey him. And so obedience births trust. We, we often say trust and obey. Mm-hmm. But I think we should put those two words in the reverse order because obedience comes before trust. When you obey God, sometimes God will tell you to do things that make no sense to our natural mind. But that's because we are constrained by logic. God is not logical because he's God. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be held in our human constraints. Mm-hmm. And so just sometimes he will say do things that right at that moment make no sense to your natural mind. But if you know it's God, just do it. Yeah. And when you do it, it you will see the faithfulness of God in the results because it's always going to be for your good. Everything he tells you to do is going to work out for your good. Hey, friend, I'm jumping in right here to let you know I'm starting something new. I've been working hard behind the scenes to develop a Steady On internship program, and I currently have openings for two new team members. One position is with my step-by-step Bible study method. The other is with podcasting. So if you are a woman who desires to grow your expertise in speaking, writing, and ministry leading, a year-long internship with Steady On may be the next right step for you. During your internship, I will help you build skills to grow your ministry as you support me in mine. Details and a link to the internship application are in today's show notes. If you're even a tiny bit interested, I would absolutely love to talk to you more. (laughs) 
As you're talking, I'm thinking of a story from a long time ago in my life that I would love to share with you because it was a time when I did not obey and it, but it has stayed with me. The, 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 the sting or the memory of not obeying. I was on, I worked at a higher, um, at a college, a university at the time, and the temperature had dropped a lot that day. And Mm -hmm. a, a young girl got on a bicycle close to me. I was walking, I had a coat and I had gloves on and a girl, a young girl with just like a windbreaker was getting on a bicycle to ride across campus. And just as clear as anything, Janice, and I'm sure you can relate to that is, um, I felt like the Holy spirit nudged me to give her my gloves and because of her hands, you know, on the bike handlebar, you know, and I immediately, I thought she's going to think I look, uh, that's going to make me look silly, right? She's going to think I'm ridiculous. And I just kind of paused in that feeling of, I really feel like the Lord's asking me, it's a small thing, really. It's a small thing, but I really feel like the Lord is asking me to do this. I don't want to look silly. I don't want to be rejected. Like, you know, all those emotions that just sort of come up right away. And I watched her right away. I didn't do it. And, um, and I told that story to my Sunday school class. I was teaching at the time. This was probably it's probably close to 25 years ago now. Okay. And I told that story to the ladies in the Sunday school class. And I told them what an impact it made on me, like how much I regretted that. I'm like, I think the Lord probably, as you were just saying, had a blessing for me on the other side of that obedience. And I just grieved it. You know, I just yeah. grieved it that I hadn't um, followed through with what I, I very much knew that he was asking me to do. And so it, for the next couple of years in that Sunday school class, in that group of women that we were together, so often something would come up in someone's life. And they would say to one of them would say to the other, just give her the gloves. It, it became this little oh, saying, right. You know, oh, where it just, yeah. Where it was like this cute. remember, like, and so I felt so like, I felt honored by yeah. the Lord because even in my lack of obedience in that moment, he used it, he used it to yeah. like sort of spur us all on, if you will. But also like that memory is just so clear still in my heart this day. And there are so many things that I have done so much more quickly at his Mm. first nudging, because I'm like, Oh, I, in the, in the disobedience in that moment, there was, there was something he grew me. He grew my trust in him through the disobedience too. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't want to miss this with you. You've invited me to partner with you. And I want to show up fully as you invite me to partner with you. And I think that can be, that's part of our calling. You know, sometimes it's so much more what do you think about this? This is what I think. I think it's so much more about the posture of our heart than it is what we're doing with our hands. God only looks at the heart. Yeah. That's all. I mean, he doesn't care how much money we have, yeah. how big our house is, how much education we have. None of those things mean anything to God. That's yeah. a natural thing. That's a man thing. Yeah. It's a human thing. Mm-hmm. God only looks at the heart because, and that's why when we are angry with someone else or disappointed, we have to guard our heart. We cannot let our anger and disappointment cause us to get bitter because God cannot use a bitter heart. Yeah. He will not use us. Yeah. And so no matter who has done what, we have to be able to let it go. I can remember, I used to ask God when people would say mean things or do mean things, I would say, God, why would they say that? Yeah. Why would they do that? Why would this? And why would, and he said to me one day, I hold you accountable for everything you say, everything you do, how you act and how you react. But I don't hold you at all accountable for what anyone else does. So that was very liberating for Mm -hmm. me. It was very freeing because I stopped thinking about why other people do what they do. 
Mm-hmm. Instead, it made me focus my attention on myself. Yeah. And how, how am I handling what they do? What they do. Mm-hmm. Because he's holding me, he's holding them accountable for whatever ugly thing they said or did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's holding them accountable as well. Mm-hmm. And so rather than me focus on someone else, I keep my eyes on how am I yeah. handling it. Right. And so because our heart, we have to keep our heart pure. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have to forgive people who who hurt us or who who cheat us or who do whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to forgive because he says, if you forgive, I will forgive you. Yeah. And so that's a biggie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a biggie. I want him to forgive me. So we have to be quick to forgive other people. Mm -hmm. And so the the obedience and the trust and the growth are all tied and interconnected. Mm -hmm. And and it all flows from the heart. Yeah. And that's why asking God, what is it you want me to see, know, and do? That's a heart question. That's loving God enough. But I want to know, guys, I'm, I'm right here. I'm wide open. You know, show me. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever you show me, that's what I'll do. I can remember he was saved. I used to hear this voice, call this person, call that person. And I thought it was just me thinking this had to be 30 years ago. And uh, I didn't want to call that person. And so I did it because I kept thinking, hmm, I don't have to call that person. <laughs> I don't have to call them. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. And I didn't. And then one day I heard it again, call this person and said, hmm, I don't have to call this. And I stopped in the middle of my sentence. And I just thought, Janice, shut up. Mm. That's not God because God doesn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. God doesn't say, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. That was the enemy in my ear, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to give me, get me to not do what God wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I made up my mind when I realized that's my guy because God doesn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. I made up my mind the next time I heard that voice, do this, do that, call this person. The next time I heard it, I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the next time I heard it, call this person. I did not want to call that person. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I did not want, but I made myself call. And my spirit made my body obey. Mm-hmm. We have to always remember we are spirit and we have to control our body. Our fle- in our flesh, in your flesh dwelleth no good thing. So you cannot pay attention to your flesh. <laughs> and so I call the person. And when I call the person, and the conversation was over. I literally just flopped back in my chair and I just said, God, you are so awesome. Because the whole purpose of me calling that person, I had been on their mind and they had been thinking of me and they wanted to bless me. Yeah. So the whole purpose of me calling that person was for me to get blessed. For your own blessing. And I said, okay, so that's how it works. And so from that point on, it made obeying easier. I mean, I, I realized, and so I just, you know, when God, I mean, I actually say now, if God told me to step off of a cliff, mm-hmm. I'd be gone. Yeah. I, because I'm either trusting him that he's going to catch me or I'm going to meet him on the other but side. To, or it's time to meet him on the other side. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting as you're talking though, it makes me think about like a lot of times we think about calling as this big thing. Like I need to know this big purpose calling or whatever, but I think that we, we cannot get to that kind of thing 
if we're not able to understand that our calling is really in those, in those giver the gloves moment, right. Is the pick up the phone and call that person moment. Um, if we, if we can't respond to God's calling in those things, we're probably not going to have something bigger or bigger by our definition. It's, I don't think it is by his definition. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's in those moments that we respond to him that we have found and responded to our calling. uh, And that is why it is not instantaneous Mm -hmm. because those are growth moments. Each one of those examples we gave, those are growth moments, spiritual growth and maturity. And and he says, if we're faithful over a few things, he will make us rule over many. And so he's, because we start off as babes in Christ, he gives us baby size tasks to do. Yes. And, yes. But he can't give us the big task yeah. until we have demonstrated that we're able to be faithful in managing the mid, the middle, the little ones, and then the, yeah. the little, the next levels, and then the medium-sized ones, and then yeah. the heavy ones. It's a growth, and yeah. so you know our calling starts. It can start with a, a gloves moment. And I'm so grateful for that. Like I am literally like just completely grateful for that moment because he allowed me to grieve it. It makes me emotional. Just talking about it. He allowed me to grieve that it's, it was a small thing really, but it was Mm -hmm. huge to me. And it, it, because of the grief that I still have over it, really, um, there are so many, my heart was tenderized my heart to his voice. Yeah. And and so I just, I say that as encouragement too, because someone listening may have said, I've already missed this. I've already, no, um, God is not, he, he does not condemn me for that moment. He did not yell at me for that moment. He lovingly invited me to trust him more because, because as he calls me to do something, he doesn't call me for him. I mean, I might be, we might be doing work for him. We might be trying to bless people in his name and his love, but ultimately the calling, as you say, it is the desire of our heart. It will bless yes. our heart as we yes. respond to his call in our lives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's um, it's very important to stay focused on what it is he wants us to do. Yeah. I was talking about the difference in our our spirit and our, our physical. Yeah. And I think that's another critical point <clears throat> because most people, we got a spirit and he made us in his image. And so we are spirit. We just have a body because we're on this planet Earth, yeah. which is a natural realm. And our, we need a body in order to function here. But most people are so caught up in the natural side of their life, you know, shopping and groceries and cleaning and job and career and children and family. We're so caught up on the natural side of life that we lose sight of the spiritual part of who we are. Well, God is only concerned about the spiritual part of who we are because the natural part, we still all have the sinful DNA of Adam running through our veins. And Adam was rebellious against God. And so we are born rebellious against God. And we have to work to get rid of that. We have to work to overcome that. The only way we can overcome that rebellion is through the infilling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to empower us to overcome. So we have to, it's just like a a cowboy on a horse. The cowboy has to take the reins of that horse and make that horse go in the direction he wants. Or the horse will just meander wherever. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we have to take, the Bible says we are to possess our reins. 
right? And so we have to take the reins of our flesh and make our flesh obey. No, we're not. We have to talk to ourselves, really. And say, no, we're not doing that. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. We don't think that way anymore. Mm-hmm. No, we don't, we right. don't go there anymore. Yeah. We have to make our flesh obey. So yeah. as, as you've done this work, I'm just curious, you've, you've mentioned a couple of different verses, but is there a verse or passage that is one that's just really dear to you as you think about your own journey, your own calling, the work that God has done in your heart around all this? James four, uh, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Mm. So we don't have to, you know, cause he doesn't like pride. He gives yeah. grace to the humble. And so James four says, just humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So he will, he will continue to give us those ever increasing, increasingly important tasks mm-hmm. to do. The more we do and we give him the glory for what we mm-hmm. do. I love we that. can't take the credit. Yeah. The more we do in his honor and his name to his glory, mm-hmm. he will lift us up. One of the things that I just really take away from this conversation, Janice, is this idea that, you know, if we're searching for our calling, if we don't kind of know the desires of our heart, if you will, um, that that is actually a very good and right and okay place to be because it invites trust, it invites obedience, it invites dependence. And um, it, it, he, I don't, I believe he doesn't want us to get somewhere we, where we have it figured out because then we're even less likely to ask him to show us the way. Right. Well, and so is, yeah. we'll never have it all figured out because right. the minute we get to a point where we think we have it figured out, like I did with the company. Right. Uh, then he changes the game. Right. As we wrap this up, this has been so, so good. This is so encouraging. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love your, your insights and and the wisdom that you've poured in us to, into us today. I wonder, I always ask this of my guests before I let them go. Is there anything at all? Would you share with us a look into what you're doing right now? Is there anything at all that you're reading, studying, listening to, watching that is bringing you joy, peace, keeping you connected to God? What's what's in your earbuds and on your nightstand, Janice, if you'll share with us? Now I only listen to one station and it's WGTS 91.9. And you can get it on the internet too just sure. but it's 91.9.com and uh, I love it I, I listen to it every day especially in my car but I listen to it even um, even when I'm home so it's 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 Christian it's very positive always encouraging and um, there's another thing I came across that I might be late to the t- to the party on this one but I just discovered it and it's called the chosen. Oh, yes. Several of my I, guests have mentioned that over the last I few months. Yes. It. Yes. So I just finished watching um, season one. So I'm, like I said, I'm probably late to the party, but I have thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. And then just reading the Bible. Yeah. Janice, thank you so much for your time today. This has just been thank delightful. You. I have really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing some of your story. I'm so just, I'm just grateful for your time today. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you friend for listening until next time. Peace. We start as babes in Christ, Janice said, but over time we are refined and that refining process when we trust in it and submit to it creates a valuable vessel. We become a valuable vessel that the Lord uses in his kingdom work. Thank you, Janice. First, Arenas. 
and reminding us of that process today. James 4.10 again, this time from The Voice. I love this, my friend. It says, lay yourself bare, face down to the ground in humility before the Lord, and he will lift your head so you can stand tall. Next week, I have a special treat for you. It will be a fiction-focused episode, and Lisa, Maria, and I will be joined by Patricia Raybon to talk about her mystery novel, All That Is Secret. We're going to talk to Patricia about Colorado in the 1920s, the evil of the leadership and the rule of the KKK, and how she was able to confront issues of class and race and family and love. I think you will really enjoy our conversation with Patricia. Hey, I want to ask you if you're interested in the Enneagram. Is that something that you like to learn about? Because I have a free podcast mini series available right now that talks about Enneagram numbers, their core longings, and scripture verses that can help address those longings that keep us working and striving instead of resting in the abundant promises of God. If you're interested and you'd like to learn more, the link to that free resource is in today's show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.